0: You can live a life Full of love and light If you just let the spirit Die It's the remedy
1: Where you'll find peace But you must let the spirit Spirit
0: Y'all priest.
1: What's up, world? This is our FAFORE.
0: What's going on, good people? This is awo Oceum. Welcome back to the Who Made Child Priest Podcast, where we talk about our spiritual journeys, our everyday life experiences, and the issues of the times from the perspective of two people who just happen to be priests. What's going on, Fafore? Oh
1: no, man,
0: nothing much,
1: nothing much was going
0: on with you. Man, we back at it again, man. I think we got another uh eventful episode. Uh, yeah, man, this is going to be a beautiful episode right here, man. We still on this this kick about healing and trauma, and I think we got another good one for the people, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Hey, but before we get to that, though, um, I just want to say, I'm really enjoying the I woke up and, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that you do on, on the channel. Um, we haven't had an episode with you with your Sexy voice song, uh... For a couple weeks.
0: (laughs) I've been outside. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. I've been outside, man. I try to use my inside voice when I'm in the house, man. You know, I got a one year old here. So if she sleep or even if she up and I don't I try not to let her hear my voice because if she hears me, she's gonna come knock on the door. She's gonna try to, you know, do a thing, get to her daddy. So I try to do it as uh as quietly as possible and get it out there to the people, man. But lately I've been outside so I can, you know, I can use my outside voice. Got
1: you, got you. So you out with the sexy voice and you in with the bucket hat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nah man, I ain't never using my sexy voice, man. I'm just, you know, just being quiet, man. I know you tried to, I know you did the e comedi that one, that uh that one go (laughs) round. And you was trying to use your sexy voice, man. You know, you got you got some few, you got a few views on that too, man. You got you got a, a few hundred views on that too.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. You've been trying to tell me I need to go ahead and, uh, you know, do that. You know, yeah. I don't really want to get into that just in case, you know, if i telling me something I don't want to, you know, share with the world, you know, <laughs> I don't have to make up an ODU, you know, that week. So,
0: <laughs> no, nah, man, you just got to, what you got to do is, uh, cast the ODU and only give the E Ray, only, only give the E Ray part <laughs> of it. <laughs> got you, got you, got you. So, um, Hey, so you ready to go ahead and just get you know this episode started? Yeah, man. Let's go on get into it, man. Let's get all into right. it. All right. Let's toss it on to our to our guest. yeah, Boya. Yeah. Got us Jesse. How are you? Good.
2: Uh, boy, oh, so, how y'all doing? Alapia? Bo, What's up? What's popping <laughs> What else? <laughs> who did who? I think you've been hit them
1: all on
0: all different languages. Yeah. And right. two continents. Right. We really appreciate you coming on. We know you're taking time out of your busy schedule to come and check in with us. So we really appreciate you coming on.
2: No problem. No problem. I'm, look, honored that I'm considered a part of the collective. So it's good to be here.
0: Oh, yes, ma'am. Definitely. We immediately thought about you when we thought about uh, healing and trauma and things like that. We immediately thought about you. So we appreciate you.
1: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Now before we start though, I gotta say my feelings are a little hurt. Uh I watching your, your Instagram and I done seen some rituals uh-huh. some going on. <laughs> we ain't got no invite. I'm like, man, uh, uh, I thought we was on our best behavior when we was there and, and
2: everything. Yeah, that was the problem. You shouldn't let it all hang loose. No, <laughs> no, honestly, you're right. I'ma take that lash because I forgot. Because we had a whole thing. It was open. We had a crawfish ball, and did a, like, you know, new calendar year, you know, prosperity thing. And y'all would have been right there in the mix. It was very, you know, friends and family. Um, we were celebrating the solar return of one of the goddesses here. And her family from her elder all the way, you know, came all these women. So it was beautiful. So my bad. And it will not happen again. <laughs> all <laughs> right.
1: I appreciate
0: that. Five, four, eight. You had something to say about Scorpio. What was you telling me about? Uh, about Uh-oh. Scorpio.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So it um, it's amazing how you know spirit works, and we happen to be interviewing you tonight. We got more a moon in Scorpio, which mm-hmm. fits right with the topic for tonight. Yeah, beautiful. Scorpio story.
2: is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> mysterious in itself.
0: Right. Absolutely. Right. So Goddess Jesse, introduce yourself to the family. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your standing in the tradition.
2: Right. Oh man. Um, so yeah, there there have been, you know, many ceremonies and rituals and elevations, but yeah, like you said, first and foremost, you know, Goddess Jesse. You know, I um am a goddess above, you know, all things. I um, and I feel like that's something a lineage that I came from, something that I learned, you know, through growing up and embodying the feminine and um, using it in my practice. And, you know, teaching is, you know, how I wear it as a title. You know, it's in my everyday. It's a lifestyle. The goddess is not a thing. It's a lifestyle. So that. Um, but in the culture of ATR, you know, I started actually in the lineage of Voodoo. You know, I was a spiritual wild woman, I think, like everybody at one point in time. Mm -hmm. And I was taking a course on the spiritual and magical properties of herbs. So it had nothing to do with any particular lineage. But I was taking it at now my godfather's um, shop, Absalom's Midtown Mojo, uh, on 4023 Polk Street. Yeah. And um, he, you know, saw me through the class and he was like, you know, I noticed that you aren't working with any spirits. And I didn't even know necessarily what that meant, but he told me, you know, two spirits. He told me Es Dantor and he told me Ezraule Freedom. And I looked those up and that kind of started a rabbit hole of where you see me today, you know, um, you know, as an Ianifa e. in, you know, the e. IFA lineage. <laughs> but yeah. I would definitely say that uh, I always say that Marie Laveau led me to Oshun. I Marie Bo led me to Orisha. And um, then Oshun being, you know, who she is, you know, and initiating, you know, as an Orisha priestess there, she loves Ifa. So then Ifa, you know, was right behind that. And so here I am, you know, as a, a baby of all of those past, you know, and had those times and and all of those and the the way that they have blended together with just, you know, the ancestor work um has been beautiful and um, i'm very blessed to be you know sitting in this space and for us to be you know in this place where we are you know three you know priests in a lineage where we used to have to hide in the closet and do this you know in our bathroom right. so straight right. to all of that right. right
1: that's interesting that you bring that up about hiding the closet Uh, For the longest, I didn't talk to people about what I practiced. You know, um, I kind of just, I wasn't intentionally trying to hide it. It just wasn't something I was broadcasting. Right. Until I actually got a a divination that talked about um, my ancestors on both sides actually fighting for religious freedom to be able Mm -hmm. to practice what we do. Mm -hmm. And it was after that, I, I basically became a billboard No matter what the topic was, (laughs) I was throwing out there that I was a priest Um, so I could celebrate my practices in a way that, you know, my ancestors weren't able to. So um, that's interesting that you brought that up.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that, um, you know, the fact that we can do it out loud is medicine is a bowl is, you know, is ritual enough for so many when that was like the thing. And so, you know, just at what we're doing in the community right now, to get people to just have a level of acknowledgement of the presence of their ancestors and even without going deep into any particular practice is huge, you know, for um those ancestors that have been trying to connect forever and like that just be that one thing. And so yeah, it's a blessing to just be in a different time. And my thing is now that we're in a time where we have no limits what are you going to do you know when you're limitless so we here to you know show them the way that here this this is where abundance is you know where no limits live so
1: absolutely absolutely so take us back to um you know how you got to african uh traditional religion how did you grow up what did you practice growing Mm -hmm. up and, and how did you make that transition
2: Right. So um, my actual parents were not like devoted, go to church every, you know, they were more like they say, the Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day or, you know, any kind of major thing that involved church with family. You know, my parents, I would say my parents religion is family. So Mm -hmm. that was that. But now my grandmother, who's my my father's mother, she was a elder, a prophetess. And, you know, ordained all of those things in, you know, a Christian church. And then my grandfather was, you know, they was, you know, mama and papa in there. And so I know that a lot of my gifts, especially on the prophetic side and all those things come from her. <laughs> you know huh. what I'm saying? And she's the one who told me I needed to go see my, you know, my my um, chief in my lineage. She's like, you need to go see her. You know, she's getting older. It's time for you to step into you know, becoming a priestess, you know. And um, so on that ancestor side, I um grew up with seeing that, but I was never really indoctrinated. When I was younger, I think I was exposed to some grown folk church business because my grandmother was so involved. So I just kind of was like, well, you know, this is not necessarily somewhere I wanna like embed myself and I was really young. Um, and then my dad always taught me that. You didn't need a middleman between God Because my dad drives trucks So he always um, talks to God directly And I found out later in life that he's a Ogun, which made a lot of sense But Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) um, So that was my You know, philosophy So I was of Christianity I knew, you know, of the the energy of it. I knew the, you know, major Stories and You know, like Songs and things like that But I was not I didn't grow up in the church, so I got none of the, I think, um, indoctrinations and traumas and things that a lot of people dealt with with growing up in Christianity, right? Mm. And then, um, yeah, I didn't really get into African spirituality until like 2017, 2016. Mm. And, um, you know, that came to me through going through a divorce, actually. So that was my journey of you know one day my life caught on fire and it's so funny because later on when you get into the culture you see how the stories that the orishas went through are stories that we may have went through in our lives and so yeah. i definitely experienced when i say my life caught, life caught on fire i witnessed you know one of the apotheques of Shango. go i'm like whoa okay i can see yeah. how that could happen. And that be the thing that led me to herbs, which led me to tarot, which led me to, you know, someone saying, hey, have you heard of Israel? You know, which led to that and here we are, you know. So that's journey of me um, figuring out who I was just, you know, as a woman without being a wife or anything like that uh, led me to spirit. I think I did a 30 day, like, some little cleanse fast for myself when I first left. And that I think was the thing that just, you know, catapulted. You know, I did Sacred Woman at one point. You know, all of those self initiations that you do to try to get to a level of like enlightenment. Right. And those roads always led me. It's one way to Oshun, to, you know, uh the Loire, to um, you know, the Saints or what have you. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a role of like I've been in the amusement park of spirituality and I'm, I love it. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> right. But, uh, sacred Woman, you're talking about uh Queen of Fool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think Queen of food really gets the flowers that she deserves because there's like a lot of women in this space um came through uh Queen of Fool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether they took a class or went to a lecture or somehow was involved with her directly or just read right. you know her book. Yeah.
2: Definitely, I know she, you know, had an influence here in this community. I know some of my other master teachers, like that. I learned like in my naturopathic doctor, you know, realm. Uh, Dr. Akua, she grew up and trained and studied with. The, you know, they were all in that, you know, master class of you know health and spirit in that way. And I definitely uh, utilize, you know, um uh, what she has put into the community as like a foundation for a lot of uh, trauma work that I do, you know, with women, because we do talk about goddess and we talk about goddess lifestyle, but that is not a lifestyle just of this world. That is a lifestyle where you're living with your femininity and your divinity as one all the time. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, you got to have a strong hold on femininity. And that Mm -hmm. sacred woman journey allows for you to get a good foundation in that. And then, you know, we do some things where I have a program called the Goddess Initiation, and that taps you into your divinity. And right. then we, you know, merge the two. And then, you know, maybe certain things in African traditional practices, depending on, you know, who you are. Maybe it's Orisha, maybe it's Voodoo, maybe it's Hoodoo, maybe it's, yeah, I don't know, something that don't got nothing to do with me because you're <laughs> Filipino or you're, right. you know, you got other ancestry. But, you know, we're able to kind of like, focus more on the, the, the unit, the person, femininity, divinity, or even masculinity and your femininity within you
0: Absolutely. and
2: divinity, you know, and see the uh, creation that comes from that. Cause that's really what I think people are looking for is purpose, you know, and overcoming traumas and right. that, you know, between what Queen of Foods put together and those tools and what we've been able to, you know, grow from that. It's been transformative for sure.
1: Right. Right. Well, if you go on your website or, you know, you go to your Instagram page, you talk a lot about healing. Like mm-hmm. healing seems to be the foundation for everything. And I think it's safe to say that people who work in that that healing space had to go through some type of healing journey themselves. Like mm-hmm. you, can, you can go to college to be a lawyer. You can go to college to be a doctor or an engineer. There is no schooling that you can go to, or no program that you can go to, to become a healer, um, if that's your walk. Um, I always say healers are made and they are forged in fire. Um, so, can you walk us through um, what was your healing journey? How did you get mm-hmm. to where you are now?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I spoke a little bit on it, on like just initially when I, you know, went through my divorce, I was probably what, about 20. Seven twenty-six, and um doing some holistic things you know started that but I would say my journey um that I started as a tantrika, as a tantric practitioner um probably honed me down onto a level of healing work and um I also took another like um I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it was all about cultivating sensual, sexual energy, tantric energy and transmuting that and healing through that. Um, And there was like an ordination that came with that because of the high level of, you know, shadow work and healing work that you are initiated into through this, you know, it's like an elevation in that way. So that process of me really tapping more into like the energy centers, and if anyone who's not familiar with tantra, you know, tantrum, you know, means energy weaving. So it is about <clears throat> basing in the chakra systems and um, well, depending on the style, cause it does span, but basically it is moving, healing, expanding, um, transmuting energy through, um, it could be through touch, it could be through energetic um, tantric work, but it is moving that central and sexual energy and, you know, getting some sort of result. Um, through it, let it be peace, let it be healing, let it be manifestation, you know, divination, you know, the list goes on. But that process of tapping into that and learning it, you go through it. And I definitely transformed as a woman, I transformed as a healer, and I blended my um, spiritual, you know, depth with my sexual depth, and the erotic embodiment. And those two things just really, you know, talk about forging a fire and water because going through the womb um is a whole nother thing too. Right, right,
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's a beautiful journey. Uh we know that you have your own Ela spiritual house here, at Sweet Love Sanctuary.
1: And mm-hmm.
0: by Flora and myself, we had the pleasure of visiting you at uh at your temple, uh, we had a great time there. Um, But what we noticed was that you dedicate a lot of uh, time and energy and spirit to women. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why was it important for you to reveal to women uh, the power that they have within themselves?
2: Man, so this is a great question. I would say that one, it is responsible. You know, when I came into the tradition um, I came as a certain level of a whole woman, right? And I was looking for a level of enlightenment. <clears throat> but every woman does not come that way. And I noticed a pattern as far as a level of um, misogyny, patriarchy, you know, um, some of the exact same things of which we were elevating or trying to quote unquote escape from other practices from, were being regurgitated inside of this practice. And mm-hmm. so, you know, through my experience and through just who I am as a person and what my God told me, um, The Sweet Love Sanctuary was born, you know, a safe place for a woman who is um, in one way or another tapped into or going to or carries a certain level of feminine, sensual, sexual energy To have a free place to be able to heal those things, because that's a part of her healing journey, but also to figure out who their ancestors are and connect to some form of African spirituality and not have to worry about managing the safety of their bodies or their practice or their divinations or what have you. And also who they are and what they're actually going through as a person. So that is why the women focus came first. And then, you know, at the sanctuary, we love me and we want we are calling and praying for as many men, women, and all those things in between, whatever you identify as to come. If you do feel like that identifies with you, too, because just because I say the woman, I mean, men are going through these things as well. You know, maybe they are not as unprotected in their bodies, but they may not be protected in their practice or their wallets or their what have you. And so just pointing out the elephant in the African traditional realm, you know, that we deal with. And in the Houston community, in the Texas community, in the what have you. And we don't deal with that in the sanctuary, but we also do have women that are able to elevate to wherever they need to go and continue on their lives. And it affects them, it affects their homes, so it affects their communities. And so then everybody, you know, wins. Yes. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit ago, you talked about, you mentioned sexuality and spirituality in the same sentence. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In a, From a standpoint of doctrine, I say that there isn't a big difference between religion and spirituality, but there is a huge difference in practice mm-hmm. between religion and spirituality. I think people on the outside who don't know about spirituality have an expectation of it looking the same, mm-hmm. but spirituality, at least for me, the way I view it um, is supposed to be transformational. Right. Right? But I think we find ourselves in a position to where um, you don't see the, the vast transformation in a lot of the practitioners mm-hmm. and, and with that sex, is still taboo for uh, spiritual practitioners in the diaspora.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: um, mm-hmm. I've, I've been in situations and, and Oshaun has been in situations where we'll be told, Hey, we, you should do this or you should do that because this is how they do it in Africa. Mm-hmm. But that's for things that I think they feel comfortable with. Right. Or, right. or that they may feel like it works. But then we even start talking about sex, right? And if I was to say something like, "Well, in that case, then you should view sexual sexuality different," because in the diaspora, they they look at sexuality different. Um, you know, women in their cultural practices aren't so much hounding men about who are they having sex with. They they don't play that game. There's a lot of polygamy and things of that nature mm-hmm, going on mm-hmm. there, and. Even African uh, practitioners, spiritual practitioners here, the women are having that. Uh, being that you've been to uh, Nigeria, you were you were initiated there. Mm-hmm. What what have you seen as a big difference about how sexuality is viewed there versus in the diaspora?
2: Mm-hmm. So I do think that they have a different view of like masculinity and femininity a little bit. I do feel like in Nigeria they are suffering from some of the same things of some um american you know back you know flow of you know capitalism and all of that stuff so they not exempt at all awesome. um uh, i definitely see room for growth in uh you know the way the they receive the feminine there but um i would say that there's an honor of the feminine of the matriarch of the pregnant woman, of the wife, of the, even the women that are involved in ritual, you know, of bony and all those, you know, women that are, you know, involved in those certain like, um, uh, societies, um, it is honored and it is revered in a certain way. Um, there is a certain level of, um, energy between the men, a camaraderie between the men, like hugging and loving and dancing Mm and all of those sharing, like all of that just um, energy, you know, uh, community, collectiveness. We we don't have that. We have that, you know, separatism when it comes to just how we're even having um, platonic intimacy with each other. So I think just from that base of culturally that being different, definitely like how we look at certain things taboo. Like yeah, the ladies in Africa have like a wrap on, but they don't. They got like a bra strap here, and they. <laughs> They so slang. They gonna rewrap it, and no one's even thinking like about it sexually. You right. know, it's just this is auntie, this is grandma, this is TT, and they, you know, you gonna rewrap it. You know, to me, it reminds me just of like how when Medea would come out the room and be in her robe every, you know, but right. Medea was Medea. You respected her, and she had great wisdom. If you wasn't thinking about her necessarily sexually. And I just think that, um, one, it comes from a lack of sex- sexual education. You know, the people that are leading, you know, we talk about a certain level of, you know, patriarchal views. Um, sex education isn't really in that in that totality. It's more of that, you know, chasism and abstinence. And we know that that's not um, natural. That's not even what we read in Pateki. That's not what we read of, you know, all of that. And so I think that. Um, the education around um, who the female principal is and what that you know what your sexual energy is that's why we have those classes you say that there's no place to go to learn how to heal or be a healer there is you know at the sweet love sanctuary we do that you know we teach you um, how to tap into and figure out who you are what you're capable of and what you want, you know, what are your boundaries? What are your ethics? What are all of those things are things that would make up someone who has a practice or who is a practitioner or who is a goddess, you know, and presents herself in the world in a certain way and is responsible because she is embodied in the energy and she, you know, is actualized in it. So nothing is on an accident. You know, there's not going to be a sense where a young lady comes into somewhere to get divination or to get spiritual work done and she's not aware of her energy and her effect in a room you know let it be spiritually emotionally physically or yes sexually you know we have to acknowledge that part if we don't acknowledge that part then we also can't acknowledge the same spirit that comes to a person when they're uh uh under possession by you know orisha Right. Those two energies come from the same place of that Kundalini of that connection to the divine. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that for more women to understand what they are sitting on and from it to be um, a non-ignorant place and for the men to understand what they're sitting on, because you're not able to throw, um, you know, and get odoo and have this insight without having a tapping into your divine feminine energy. So I think once we start to have those like, conversations and, and have that like synergy to where, you know, we are not separate, the men over here and the women over here, but seeing how, you know, we're all using the same energy in our own personal way, you know, we will be safer and more empowered. and we will be powerful, you know, more as groups and, you know, communities and all that stuff because we are not doing 75% and ignoring the other side like it doesn't exist to me that's not abundance (laughs) (laughs) right
0: right. so what about the um the the polygamy aspect why do you think that that part of the culture didn't make it here into the west
2: um so it did it just made it into the west under monogamous non-ethical culture as you know cheating culture and as you know the typical back in the day how my parents was like my granny married you know culture you know even though papa had whatever on the side and it was all good and whatever it did make it here we just don't acknowledge it as the truth of what it is you know most people are not monogamous you know what monogamy actually is of you loving one person and only having the capability to love one person um it's, it's in its totality is a very small percentage of the world, you know, because even if you had one love at 20 and you had another love at 30, that is still you having the capacity to love more than one person. Maybe it's just not at the same time. Now, um, I think that what is switching in this day and age for America, at least, is taking off the polygamy part and moving more into the polyamorous space because women are um holding themselves accountable for their truths and demanding in a lot of ways equality in any type of relating style like that you know the days of strictly only having men who have multiple female partners or multiple wives is a thing of the past you know so now you know, people are fluctuating in their like relationship style because I think they are getting more in touch with nature in their spirit and they are relating as like how they are tapping into nature. And those things are not uh linear, you know, and they're not usually couplings. You know, usually it is very, you know, what they call it, multiplicitous or what have you. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my take. I could go on and on about that. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, we definitely want to get back to that because um, polygamy seems to be uh, a topic that we don't deal with here in the West. And when I talk about polygamy, I'm not talking about, uh, like you say, going away from monogamy. When I talk about it, I'm speaking about a man that has several women. They all know about each other. There's nothing um, secret about it. And like you say, now it's becoming more of a thing where we're going into polyamory. And women are at times desiring to have more than one man or being in relationships where there are several other people. And mm-hmm. so we definitely want to talk about that. Uh, it seems like uh, sexuality and the tapping into it is important for you. Um, how does one's sexuality and tapping into it help them to heal?
2: Mm mm-hmm. hmm. Well, I mean, when you look at the top list of things, traumatic experiences that people go through, I mean, top 3 is going to be sexual trauma.
0: Right.
2: You know, and that doesn't even have to necessarily include actual, you know, physical, you know, molestation or right or anything like that. You know, there's a big range, but a lot of the trauma that is held in our womb space from birthing children, from, you know, going through puberty, you know, sexual experiences, good or bad, you know, all of those things, all of that leads back to some form of sexual energy, even sexual identity, your personal just, you know, that way you, you, you know, come forth, even if it's not including sex, all of that stuff goes back to one form of um, like a modality of sexuality and Mm -hmm. so to ignore it is to ignore you know sometimes the root of other issues you know what i'm saying um you know we work on the ori because it is something that you know we need to honor because it is you know a strong force in our our whole creation story you know but it starts in the womb so we cannot ignore you know that whole structure of a (laughs) beast you know, and think that we're going to be holistically healing.
1: Hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Even with like the root chakra, you know, trauma that you have with your root chakra could start way back to uh, your mom's first trimester. and Exactly. Uh, so Yeah, absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. Or how you were conceived.
1: Right. You know,
2: I have people that I work with, you know, I do a um, healing kind of like retreats, like a one-on-one, like intensive healing journey. It's called the Goddess Bath, but it's a whole thing and a lot of times I will have um women or people because I've had men do it too uh go ask your mother like when you were conceived what was it like not necessarily like tell me exactly what the get down was but were you excited were you happy when you told him was it excitement was it a cry because that's the development of your root shopper when your mother finds out you exist boom you know, so that's why all of those things are so important. And a child can end up going through something and realizing, yeah, I, I wasn't really built on this want for me to be here. So now that's what I have to work on. And in my relationships, I have a horrible attachment and codependency, and I express it sexually. You know, right. and we have to learn how to, you know, tame that energy. And if we ignore it and just talk about Iwapele in general, we're really missing the mark, you know.
1: Right. And not just your mother's reaction and how she felt, your father's father's, absolutely. How she reacted, your mother reacted to your father's uh reaction. Yes. I actually did a um a chakra cleanse, you know, through all my seven chakras. I created a spiritual bath for each one of them that I did as a part of the process. Okay. And when I was on root chakra, I went and asked my mom. I called her up and we had a conversation, and some of the things that I thought happened, I had completely
2: wrong. Right, exactly, and it's very healing either way. But just to know what it is and to be able to conceptualize your parents as people that you know were going through their whatever when you were created um, is healing for you. It gives you a level of you know understanding and you know empathetic you know connection to your parents. And it, you could feel that shedding in your body almost immediately when, you know, you thought that, um, you know, your parents was fighting all the time because of this when really they were maybe arguing over you and you were the topic of conversation and you feel more loved. or You you know, you realize from a kid that you created a story mm. and that story created, you know, that trauma. And it takes you from being um, a, a traumatic filled person that things happen to them and you're this victim to understanding what happened and feeling empowered and now you realize how you can create and affect a, a situation an environment and thus overcoming that trauma and being empowered through it. So it's, it's a transformative thing. I mean, just starting with root chakra alone. And that's why I love tantra because it's an expression um, that is natural through every, you know, right. sector of the world. And it doesn't really matter who um you know you do this for this work of the body you know is sacred mm-hmm. and um it's it's transformative for sure you know and right. i was like untapped you know territory still so many right. people touch the pride covid all that stuff people need um touch in a world that tells you that it is not okay you know to do so so
0: absolutely you know, I never thought about asking my mother uh, what were her feelings about, uh, you know, my existence and when she found out she was pregnant. But that's deep because uh, I had been studying trapped emotions and it's uh, talking about the absorption of emotions. So that's deep. I never thought about to uh, to ask my mother about that. So I'll definitely get into that.
2: Um, yeah, man, you could go deep. I mean, I even and you know, it, it takes a level of comfortability. But I asked mom, how would you lose your rigidity? different things because that's all genetic stuff that is built into us we are parents children we carry these certain traits and once we get over the faux pas of sexuality we can actually connect and learn from who we're supposed to and who we're made of of how we show up in the world i know i am a huge elevated version of my mother and i'm a i feel like sometimes there's a rare case of women who embrace Yes, I want to be like my mom versus this art. I want to be like her oh, when she grow up and because uh, mm-hmm. of what we've been through. And when we can start to really heal that and tap into what you came out of, which is the cootie cat. The, you know, I have another word, but I'm trying to be, you know, <laughs> 17 for y'all today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, tell us tell us your word. Tell us you your know,
2: the pussy wrong. once you tap into the pussy that you came out of, it is life-changing. The mm. more you embody and understand your universe. That's your universe, you know, and that's ancestral work, you know, that's or rework. (laughs) You know, so Oshun, for me, Oshun work, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that's a part of my evangelism when it comes to however Oshun does manifest through me. She is very uh, invested in women and people knowing their pussy, knowing their feminine energy, knowing, you know, um, what that is and the power of it. She's very tired of it being pushed to the side and back, thinking that one day it would naturally, you know, be propagated to its right place. So she's kind of buzzing through the door now. So here we are.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, speak to us about sex from the perspective of an energy exchange. Uh, okay. As Five four, already talked about sex is still kind of taboo in uh-huh. uh, in our tradition. So, from your uh, perspective or for in in your estimation, how do you think we should be thinking about sex?
2: Oh man, oh gosh! So you know how they say E five is everywhere, right? <laughs> sex is everywhere, and yeah. um, for me, I'm actually in the last third of finishing a book on sex magic and Mm. I, it's really not a whole bunch of like, Oh, do this and have sex, whatever. It's a little bit, but it really is about, um, managing sexual energy. Mm. And I do talk about it in a very real world homegirl kind of way because you know, we are out here, we are connecting, we're doing oral, we're doing partner, we're doing different things. Right. And so, I just talk about, you know, going through a standard lover style relationship with a person. You're going to do about four or five of these things. And you need to understand how when you have raw sex with somebody, when you, you know, it's like a dig and someone ejaculates in your mouth, what that's going to do to you energetically when someone puts semen inside of your pussy, what is it going to do, you know, and how you can cultivate that energy To manifest something like you will when you're creating children or how you can protect yourself from that and have a level of discernment from it, too. So, you know, we talk about, you know, if you are constantly ingesting, you know, um, semen from your partner and you are wondering why you're thinking about them all the time. It's because, you know, he put it right to right to the to the skull, right (laughs) to your mind. You know what I'm saying? You want to know why you start like, man, I'm I'm saying this his same sayings. I'm moving my hand like him. I'm sitting back like him because he is inside of your womb. You know what I'm saying? And so those are like some of the things of why I say like energy exchange, it happens all the time. It's not it doesn't have to be conscious. And so bringing you know, a highlight to some of that consciousness, um, I think will help people make different decisions. Or go in more intentionally and do something with all of that orgasmic energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am, you know, in this place where my tantric practice and well, my sexuality and how I have sex is a sex is a practice. You know what I'm saying? I do queen of food, go to the sacred woman book and do the altar work. I also go to my, my you know, pussy as an altar myself and do my own practice or with my partners, the way that we engage and what we do. You know what I'm saying? The, I mean, I ain't gonna say it ain't fun and, you know, free sometimes, but it's an intention there of uh, conserving life force energy or generating something or um, being in some form of constant meditation as a, as a, you know, a uh, coupling or, you know, what have you um, to not just be. Um, masturbating in each other, right. you know, but actually right. connecting, you know, making love and seeing what that energy can, what you can make out of love, you know what I'm right. saying? So, Absolutely. um, yeah, it's real prosperous over here. So, <laughs> right,
1: right, right, right. You know, I was laughing when you were when you were talking earlier because I was thinking about before I was a priest, you know, before I was far for young Jimmy. I used to have these conversations with women. Mm. And they'll be looking at me like I was crazy. Like you've no, been preaching. Like, like straight up, like if you had these guys in, in ejaculating in you, like in a lot of ways, you are kind of becoming them. Their DNA is attached to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta you gotta think about this um before you're dealing with them. Um as far as the energy transfer, this is in general, so I have a, a general view. If, if I don't know anything about the person I'm talking to and I'm actually give a general answer, <laughs> I would say that's why men um, can have multiple partners, generally speaking, versus women because of the absorption of the energy from these different people. Now, I know specifically through old dudes, you know, you get your old dude, it may say, as a woman, you are to have multiple partners. Mm-hmm. As a man, it may say you're supposed to be monogamous. So I have a general outlook, if I can only give a general statement, because I don't know the person specific situation, but I do understand now specifically how individual women, and men for that matter, may have to have a, a different um, sexual experience. Like mm-hmm. Even for me, I was told that, you know, um, that I should have less sexual partners than more because how I pick up different energies. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I'm supposed to divine before I, I mess with the woman sexually. Ooh, I
2: like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, girl, he cast it on this (laughs) thing. We okay. We okay. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't know. Look, like what what is that one like? Okay. Ignore me. I'm crazy.
0: Uh (laughs) No, we (laughs) need that.
2: I do to a degree. Like, uh, well, okay. I feel that just because women can become, you know, a man, I mean, eating cootie cat, you're going to absorb, but we got life force energy all the time, too. So, I don't think that because we have the ability to, that we, sh- that, oh, that scientifically, you yeah. know, you should take on less partners, because we live in 2022, I recommend natural land skin condoms, oh my gosh, or B condoms is a black-owned condom company, but if you do, you know, latex, but those, I mean, it feels just like like the just like the, the 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 real thing and and not having that fluid bond with a partner will allow for a level of energy management and still sexual experience and exploration if that's what you care to do so I don't think it's necessarily like a case of doing it or not but it's how you do it or you know I know some women who I would say can take on a lot, especially certain goddesses who do certain work and, you know, having a high quantity and quality of sexual experience keeps them healthy, keeps them cleansed, keeps them powered up for constant rituals and things like that. You know, and a lot of times we look at these Eas, I look at some of them who are in their elder years and I bet, and this is going to be super vulgar, they was getting some They would look younger. They would still be doing EBOS and teaching and everything right now, Mm -hmm. but back then someone told them, spirit, or family, or da da da, or you know, being a God, someone, and they thought that they had to choose, and they did. And we don't have to do that anymore, you know. And so, amen to 2022. I say to 2023, you know, (laughs) to being in this time, but you know that sexual. Energy is gasoline. It's fuel. It's ashay to bringing in so many beautiful things. And I think that that's why the more people who are knowledgeable about who they are and what they're supposed to be doing, and they're just connecting, you know, in in, in a more balanced way, it's fine. You know, and I'm saying because it's needed. I mean, I'm I'm for more love than this.
0: All <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you know, I want to go back. I want to go back to something that you mentioned. Um, A lot of people talk about visualization surrounding sex, uh, Mm -hmm. specifically surrounding the creative energy uh, of the act. Mm -hmm. Um, In your estimation, are we able to participate in that sex and visualize the best versions of ourselves, for instance, our heel selves, and create that with that creative energy? Yes. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Hey,
2: you I mean, right yes, face. you hey, are. You um, right. I mean, there's so many ways. I mean, um, I know a lot of people are, nowadays are getting into plant medicine and things like that, you know, but, you know, there are certain, um, I think, journeys and meditations and even with like micro dosing and connecting with a partner to do you know molecular restructuring, restructuring and connection and you could do that without even actually physically engaging you know i've had interactions like that and then take you know plant medicine out of it i mean yeah um i got like all kind of visualizations and cities and lottery numbers and you know all kind of things um while focusing on going through the nine levels of orgasm and not just, you know, the big one at the end of the road. Mm. Oh,
0: you hitting us you hitting us with something now. You're talking about the nine levels of orgasm.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um that's a workshop that I do teach. Um and it just talks about how we really only recognize that last one, which is actually ejaculation. It's not orgasm per se, depending on, you know, if you like on Spurt inside, anyway. But, um, the nine levels of orgasm talk about how, um, the different organs give a response, and those are really, um, the, the indicators of the different levels of orgasm. So it goes through your glands, it goes through your kidneys, it goes through your bones. You know, when you're shivering and your body's tensing up and you're, you know, squeezing and biting, and all those different reactions are um levels of orgasm where all of the energy and fluids are conjured up and they may end up in a certain place to give it expression, but it starts, you know, in every really system in your body. And so um yeah, that's a whole nother thing. <clears throat> and it helps to take some of the pressure off, especially for women who feel like they don't orgasm when in our actuality you probably do You're just taught that if you are not doing what you see on Pornhub, that you are not sexually successful. Mm. So um, that's another thing of decolonizing and decapitalizing and, you know, all the racials, that whole thing that's in, you know, what we see as sexuality and what we think, you know, um, is okay. (laughs) So there's a lot of unlearning and relearning. And like I said, we talk about being pussy centered here. And I do um, hold a lot of accountability to ways that women themselves hold up these ideologies that they say that they, you know, want to reject. And so, you know, just as much as we may be, you know, pussy power and the pro girls, we're going to hold that mirror back and have that accountability for our own pussy management and knowledge and accountability and responsibility, you know, so we don't play that around. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. how
0: healing how healing is that knowing about the nine different uh levels of orgasm how, how... <laughs> okay,
1: stuff <stop> on that <laughs> no you because I think because, I
0: think because I think because I think it's important that we learn about the woman more importantly I think it's important for the woman to learn about the woman
2: yes for definitely. the woman to
0: know to know her body because if she can really be inside of herself, then she can really heal. So I think that's important that Mm -hmm. she knows about. I've never heard that in my life (laughs) about the nine different levels of uh, of orgasm and that what you call the ejaculation, that that's not orgasm. And so they think that they were unsuccessful when that doesn't happen. So how healing is that for them to get that knowledge of themselves?
2: Man, I mean, as far as just on an anxiety and mental like pressure side, Of you know, going through an act and focusing on that like destination and the anxiety that it brings when you feel like you're missing the marker so far away. So, just understanding that you could even break it down, and um, there's an empowerment you know through that. And when a woman is feeling sexually confident, even if she isn't expressed that she's gonna show up differently, mm-hmm. you know. People be like, Well, why is it her? She ain't even cute. But she has that confidence and that could, you know, you can go to that woman because of the energy and that is that like solar plexus work, you know what I'm saying? And I always tell, it's so funny, one of the best ways to charge up your solar plexus is to get oral sex, clitoral stimulation, Mm -hmm. stimulates the solar plexus. And so it's just like when we start to tap into these things, and you know, women realize you may not get to a certain level on that act but the goal of it you know what i'm saying and the focus energy of it and your partner having a focus energy of it you know we just want to get to level five today or we or we're not even measuring it we just know that you know it's levels to this (laughs) you know it it, it helps you kind of celebrate those smaller wins especially in sexuality and that's just going to build that whole sexual repertoire and um, I think give your mind like more ways to go at it versus you know putting the pedal to the metal and trying to get right there to the end. It brings in intimacy, you know, it brings in connection, and spirit lives all up in there.
1: Right, and that solar plexus is how you you open that up. That'll help you dig into that that creativity.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, that and, yeah. and the sacral. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: About mm-hmm. four, right,
1: So. There's this thing, this, this meme that's going around on social media and I'm sure that you've probably seen it. And it talked about people with, um, a lot of sexual energy, um, have the potential for a lot of healing energy because sexual energy and healing energy is the same on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. On, let me, let me break this down. So, um, I wanted to see how true that was. So I kind of even was looking at like my natal chart. Mm-hmm. And I was told that I was um, here to be a healer um, and that I've lived a million lifetimes. I have a stelium in the 12th house. Mm-hmm. In my 12th house, um, my Venus is in Scorpio
2: mm-hmm. and then I'm a
1: Scorpio rising. And I'm like, hmm, there might be some some, some truth to that. Mm-hmm. And then I have somebody else who I looked at their natal chart. They have a stellium as well in the 12th house. They have their Venus is in Scorpio and they are also a Scorpio horizon. So I was like, mm, there may be something to this. How do you feel about that?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways to identify it. Um, yes. People, if you have Scorpio on your chart somewhere, Scorpios in the most, like I said, point like regular way and homegirl way to say it is scorpios use sex as a tool right so if that is an energy that you carry especially in your venus which is a you know the house of of um your relationship language how you relate um it would lend to you utilizing that energy in some way now depending on if you're evolved or unevolved that, you can use it as a tool. It can be manipulative. It could be, you know, more on the dark side of, you know, I feel like sometimes Scorpios have to go through that journey of that. And then there's yeah. the other side where, you know, that energy is used to elevate, to create for family, for you know, what have you. And um, we do just have to speak to you know, the creation energy that is inside of you know, sexual energy. And just that alone um, creation self you know, uh, juvenation, you know, um, is healing. You know, it is an example of it. And like I said earlier about like the Kundalini energy, you know, when I um, experienced certain things in ceremony for the first time, um, after I was done, I felt this sense of fire within me and that fire within me, I had felt that before and I was in intimate spaces, you know, and so it let me know that that space where the energy must come you know it's released for us to be able to go into that trance and to go into those places or to lay healing hands and do those things or you know all that stuff resides from a similar home and we have to honor it for its totality to truly be able to tap into the true power of it
1: ahshay um you know listening to you speak I, you have in my opinion let us know that we made a great decision. Uh, like, <laughs> we literally wanted to have you on last season. You know, that whole season was dedicated to the Divine Feminine, and when we came out, you know, to sit with you, um, and your ela to do that, uh, I think it was the Aries? Uh, yeah, full morning you know, Aries. I
2: know yeah. we went to the water. We Right, right. Yeah, danced and right. all that generated a bunch of energy.
1: <laughs> so when we did that, we wanted to have you to come on for that season. But as the season progressed, we realized that as we are getting in tune with this feminine energy, that the flip side of that was going to be a need to then heal from the things that were brought to the surface
2: Absolutely. people
1: going through that. So we were like, no, no, we want to hold you up because we're going to need you on the healing side. And this whole season is dedicated to healing through various different modalities and various different means. So I want to ask you, what does healing look
2: like to you? And healing looks like pleasure. Mm. That is what it looks like. When I have women that come through here, are people, period, they are used to anguish, suffering, sacrifice. I mean, oh, if I'm not like Jesus, sacrifice, oh, you know, I'm right. not doing it. And so we kind of turn the head and the perspective a little bit to give a range of what uh, the process of healing is supposed to look like. That's why you see dance. That's why you see fun. That's why you see laughter. That's why you see touch and hug and intimacy and, and um, taboo things, you know, <laughs> that generate pleasure because our ancestors, they did not experience pleasure on a day to day basis. Right. You know, and right. that created something within our genetics that made it feel like we wrong for experiencing that. I told one girl, you're to your ancestors to to rest. The more you vacation, the more you rest, the more you go to these indigenous places and just be the more blessings you will get. Because that mm-hmm. is that is what, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. we have to look at what what did they do the evos for? What did they get us to this place for? you know and so to me healing is um experiencing you know these manifestations of my focus desires and pleasure you know and it be sustainable throughout you know my life and you know to be able to go to you know um an experience and it be enjoyable you know and to be able to um Feel an elevation through that, and sometimes that enjoyment can be sensual, sexual, it could be um, uh, familial, you know, with you know, just doing things in community and all of that stuff. But yeah, to me, healing is pleasure.
1: Hashem. I like that,
0: yeah, that's beautiful. Um, you've mentioned some of these already, uh, on your website, sweetlovesanctuary.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, You say, I help people with spiritual gifts who don't know how to tap into their personal power or need help taking their gifts to the next level to learn how to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, What healing modality or modalities do you use at the Sweet Love Sanctuary to help mostly women to heal? (laughs) Right.
2: Okay. so um, like I said, I do have like an initial kind of like program where I utilize like the, the Queen of Fools, sacred woman. And I also have a book that I wrote It's somewhere around here called 30 Ways to Start Manifesting. And that is like a foundational book for, you know, oh, I got some sage or I got some this or I heard about, you know, Isle or something and I just want to know where to start. That is like a basis of curriculum, you know, something tangible for people in this day and age to be able to get a grip on what's you know, the foundations of some spirituality is in general, no matter what they practice. And then I have a program, like I said, called the Goddess Initiation. And within that program, honestly, it was a download from Oshun that under like a full moon thing one night many years ago. And the program is a mixture of Tantra, the chakra system, uh, herbalism and um i call it goddess development work but there is some aspects of african practice you know who, who you know is type deals and i do also teach about the orishas i do teach and correlate um the orishas and the chakras and so they will get like a foundation in understanding um those different modalities and then there's a component where they go through a process to discover and develop what kind of goddess they are. So what do you practice? What are your code of ethics? Um, if you were a goddess that you were to be worshipped, what would your offerings be? You know, what would your sacred symbols be? Um, what? How would you be approached? You know, oh, sure, you can't put oh, sure, on the floor. You know, how would you, you know, as a goddess need to be approached? You know, um, what will you not accept? And those things, that that process of going through that actual goddess development work. So at the end, you can say, How oh, my name is Goddess Jessie. I'm the goddess of desires. You know, I'm a clairvoyant. I can um, tap into and read and understand what you desire deep down and help you elevate to that. That's who I am as a goddess. My orishas are this. My lineage is this. So for someone to be able to vocalize that is empowering. And they can say, yes, goddess Jesse or the goddess of embodiment or the goddess of glamour because they've gone through that process to understand what their actual gifts are. Because we will figure out levels of clairvoyance, mediumship, you know, however it expresses itself, Mm -hmm. you know, and be able to articulate that for you to actually be able to say, this is who I am. And these are what my gifts are. You know, everybody's things manifest a little bit differently. And like my godmother says, um, people's spiritual development is like the wind. It never blows the same way twice. And mm-hmm. so we just have that basic formula of going through the goddess portals. And um, it's a blend, like I said, of a few modalities that will definitely have you feeling actualized. You will know, you know, who you are, what you do, and you know, how you show up in the world. And that is empowering in itself. And, someone could take that information and start their spiritual practice with it as an individual they could start their spiritual practice as a practitioner because we do like beyond that you know allow for certain levels of elevation into certain practices if it's you know divine in connection there um and they could start their you know they could start their journey just in their their spiritual elevations you know the the road there then goes based on you know who they are but um yeah, we're going to use certain modalities in Orisha. We're going to use certain modalities in Ifa. We're going to use certain modalities in New Orleans. who do, you know, because those are the things that I, I know of. And um, whoever needs what will get, you know, will get that. And if I don't have it, I will refer you or I will get the resource from somewhere. You know, I have a young lady who's from Filipino, uh, in front of Filipino um, culture. Mm-hmm. Amen. She found an ancestor, and now she's studying just their ancestry practice along with our goddess work for her ancestry. So, you know, it's not a one, it's not a one size fit all glove, but everybody's got a wound. And so we're going to go through that process, you know, together. And it, you know, it's been a beautiful, you know, development um, program, and we've seen some beautiful things happen with it.
1: Mm. I should. I should mm-hmm. so I just saw that you got the because we're on the email list, so we get the emails um for the Queen Healing Journey.
2: Yes, yes, is, yes, yes, yes.
1: Informational yes. for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how can people get more information as to what that entails and, and how can they sign up to be a part of that?
2: For sure. So everything is on my link tree. So if you go to um my Instagram, that's like the main place where I'm pretty active as we love sanctuary, if you click the link in the bio, the first like three or four tabs, the first one is the YouTube video of the informational session. So the first like 30 something minutes is a bunch of people just getting to know each other and expressing, you know, how and why we felt like healing was important. And then the rest of it is us going through the program, how it works and you know, what the commitments are to, you know, be a part of it. And then the next link is the link to actually register And it's only one hundred and fifty dollars to secure your spot. And then we set up a payment plan for however, you know, you need to, um, you know, go through that. And the class starts February 5th and we will meet, you know, once a week um, on Sundays and we will go through, you know, collectively um, a version of the sacred uh, woman journey and dive into, you know, starting to get a good foundation for your spiritual practice. So. Everything is right there, the books you need, everything is right like the first few links on the link tree. So you can also just go straight to Linktree forward slash sweet love sanctuary. And my whole sanctuary world is right there. So you can tap in with me so many ways on that.
1: Yeah. And you want to go to that sweet love sanctuary IG so you can get the daily energy. So you know, I watch that, you know, every morning. Okay. Uh, now what happens if people miss this? first go-round uh, of this year for the Queen Healing Journey? Is
2: this something that you have it multiple times throughout the year? Um, I may sometimes get to do it twice a year because usually when women go through the Queen Healing, uh, well, it's, it's actually a program called The Heal Self. But when I do it, because I do it one-on-one, so I have women all over the country that are doing it individually with me, right? And then I do allow for a group, you know, maybe once or twice a year. But once I get this group of women, it's like, being in college and we're in our first like trimester oh. and then they go into the next which is the goddess initiation which is the tap in we're healed and now we're tapping in and then after we go through the tap in journey people dive deeper into you know they're going to be you know a, 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 a marisha or they're going to go into voodoo practice or what have you so when you look at that whole scope each one of those programs is about a season so i would say like three to four months. You know, and so when you put that all together, that's a year. Right. You know? So you really want to, like, create a flow and a structure for you to figure out what do I need to deal with? OK, now that I deal with that, how can I tap into this power that I have? And then now that I figured out what that is, where do I need to work and express that modality? You know, am I supposed to even be a practitioner or a priest or anything? Or am I just supposed to be a businesswoman that? Is a daughter of about to lie and helping Mm -hmm. people with mental health. You know what I'm saying? So that is, you know, the path that we are, you know, taking people through that kind of windmill of creating some sort of, yeah, school for healing and elevating and pleasure. (laughs) Right,
1: right. Right. I don't think a lot of people are going to realize how dope what you just laid out is. (laughs) If you're in that space, or if you're in this space, there's a lot of programs. It's mm-hmm. you know two weeks, a month, six weeks, and then that's done. We're talking about healing. We're talking about trauma um, in this space that may have happened when you were seven.
2: Yep.
1: Uh, it happened when mm-hmm. you were five. You're talking mm-hmm. about for certain people, depending on what age they come to you, decades of trauma. I don't care who you are and how good you are. You're not going to fix that in two
2: weeks. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You, you know? may dredge it up, but you won't be able to process it. Like exactly. you won't be done processing it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Well, that's really dope how, I mean, let's said like a year. I mean, because that's what it's going to take. That's the type mm-hmm. of commitment. That's the type of time. That's the type of dedication that is really going to take for you to really start putting yourself in a space
2: For sure, for sure, for sure Yeah, Yeah, I have people that come to me Oh, I want to, you know, oh I've seen Oshun, I want to know, you know Oshun is my Arisha or something Like that, you know, and I start them at the Hill Self journey You know, and we don't even I mean, you're going to know who Yemozha is Because we're talking about the womb or you're going to know You know what I'm saying, but Mm -hmm. we're not going to You know, if that's where you want to start, I've done this too many Times, you know, at the beginning we all You know, go at it a certain way And we take the mistakes out But when people jump into tapping into spirit or doing certain things too fast and they haven't dealt with their personal stuff, you'll get blocked or you'll get, you know, stagnant. Because I feel like spirit won't uh, give you access to certain levels of and knowledge if you cannot carry it. So you'll get kicked back every time until you deal with that healing work. So I just, you know, stopped being resistant to that because I was a young, ambitious spiritual woman. And had tons of young, ambitious, spiritual people, you know, right. there and said, we got to deal with that work first. And we have to, you know, bite bit by bit. We eat the rat. Right. Yeah. And um, and and go through, you know, um, that journey so that when we do get there, we are full and we are whole and we are capable to handle the crown of Shango. You know what I'm saying? Once Uh-oh. we find out that is, you know, what we have going on. So, um, you know, a lot of people, I think, see certain things from the outside, but it's a lot of work that is done before someone even walks through a door of, you know, Orisha or, you know, start dealing with certain energies like that. And I think it takes a level of integrity from us as leaders to Um, slow people down sometimes so that they don't recreate the same things that they did from other systems that they may have come from, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, on top of that, we have to be careful to uh, uh, allow people to have autonomy over their practice because people may come to you from a certain sector of spirituality or religion and want you to tell them what to do, you know, want you to lead their You know, deal when really it's about them, you know, creating that level of empowerment over their own journey and direct connection to the Creator. And so, you know, it's a lot of different work that comes with it, especially with different personalities and different people. But, um, you know, we figured out a way to um, have it work for the majority and for most. And we're going to keep on doing it until Spirit says something different.
1: (laughs) Right. So you talked a lot about healing especially women but what about the men mm-hmm. well, what, can we we need healing can <laughs> we, we you all do we love get
2: healing absolutely so we <laughs> love welcome men i tell uh, uh any of the feminine energies here that you cannot be a goddess at the sanctuary if you do not love honor respect and invest in me I right. should. so um i don't have a formal program for men but they are welcome when we're doing community space. I have, you know, men, goddesses are relationship successful and usually sexually successful. So men do love, you know, we have partners, we have, you know, boyfriends, someone just got married, you know what I'm saying? Those things do happen. So, you know, they are present and we are calling more into the space for their elevation. Um, but right now, I have directed them to a group called Humble Warrior. And it's a program that is done through my Tantra Master. And it is a space for men to be safe, to be men, and to share and to feel and to all those things. And also unlearn and relearn some things and tap into like some beginnings of being a tantric man and all those things. Um, so that's somewhere that I send as a resource. But I will be, and my goal is to do it you know, this year, have like a god king training where i bring in um experts where i do facilitate it but i'm not trying to be the teacher i don't want to be the woman teaching men how to be men you know what i'm saying i could teach you as a liaison to the women i give you the lowdown you know i'm a safe <laughs> place but i want to bring in men that are experts in polyamory experts in financial, um, stability and investment and all that stuff, you know, a man that is tantric and tantric and, you know, all of that, you know, nature and teach, you know, based off maybe like the archetypes and things like that to give a holistic, you know, healing experience for the divine masculinity. So since you put it out there, (laughs) it's pushing because, you know, there are more men coming into the space and I do want to be able to hold space with them here in the sanctuary but i had to get it honed down and stable and all that stuff for the women um because to be honest a man can go to a standard place and after traditional practice and get the healing and support and development that he needs because the system is set up for you all to flourish through that in general can we go deeper yes can we go you know unlearn- you know some things yes but the system is set up y'all are you know, you could grow an elevator, come up, Bible loud, do three or petsy bees, you know.
0: Right.
2: You can do it, you know, and be able to dream beyond whatever and, and there's no limits to your destiny. So that's why, you know, women first. But I got y'all because I'm a Harriet Tubman <laughs> for y'all too, because I want y'all divine feminine to be free as well. So you can manifest okay. with or without a woman whenever you need to at a high level. So mm. that's me. That's God's destiny.
0: This was this was a blessing here. I learned so much in this episode. Um, we really need that information about the resource where you send men to because I yes, would be
2: willing yes to yes that. I will I will the Atlanta um, Institute of Tantra. Um, it is run by a goddess Amina. She is right now creating a retreat center in Costa Rica for and by Black film BIPOC people it is amazing the work that we're doing so we not just practicing it we preaching we owning we you know we doing it so I would give the information and all of that it may be a waiting list because it's a lot um that's growing in that area but um if anybody's uh on Netflix I don't know if the show's still on Netflix it's called Sex Love and Goop But my Tantra master, Amina, she is on there. She's the only Black um, intimacy coach that is on there. It talks about, you know, relationship intimacy and Tantra and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think Gwyneth Paltrow produced it. So if it's still on Netflix, you can see her. And that's, you know, she is my pussy godmother. She is my (laughs) goddess godmother. Just like I have an EI (laughs) and Orisha. I have one, you know, for my sexual practice and my Tantra practice. So... Um, We honor all of those elders who have um, curated this thing. So I say (laughs) say to them.
1: We want to thank you for not only being a part of our podcast and sharing this beautiful information with everyone, but we also want to thank you for what it is that you do as uh, a priestess. You are Mm. a part of the oldest profession. Um, oh, right. in, the, in the world you know um and, and what you do is very important so uh from one to the next we want to say thank you for all you do
2: thank, thank you. you thank you i appreciate that i know i'll be like this is what i chose when i okay And okay thank you so much for having me i appreciate y'all for coming first in my space and being open and, you know, experiencing and, you know, wanting to continue the fellowship and, yes, bringing me on to just share my ministry and my gospel and, you know, letting me be an evangelist for the pussy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. We want to we come back. We want to come back so you can't forget yes, about yes, it. Yes, Right, right.
2: Probably do something for the full moon for February. I am celebrating my um Ocha for Oshun, so mm-hmm. I will send it out and, you know, let y'all come through and, you know, we'll do the whole, you know, song and dance. So. Absolutely. We'll
1: definitely be there. Uh, family, again, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been an amazing episode. Yeah. you probably going to have to watch this a couple of times. Take notes. Get some notes. You got to put some of these things into practice, right? Um, knowledge is great. But wisdom is actually using the knowledge, is utilizing the knowledge. And that's where we want to get to a place, too, so we can all heal. And throughout this season, we're going to provide avenues for everyone to heal from whatever it is that we need to heal from, individually and collectively. So, again, thank you for tuning in. We love you. And as always, life's a journey. Don't forget the map. Peace. Peace.